Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning. So if you're visiting us for the first time, we as a church are in a 21-day fast. And we do this as a matter of routine at the beginning of every year where we consecrate ourselves to God so that he can prepare us for what lies ahead this year. And in this fast, our theme is abiding in his word. And if you've got the devotional, wave at me if you've got the devotional and you downloaded it. We are looking at all the metaphors of the word. So shout out a few of them. The word is like? Okay. A lot more people reading the devotional in this service than the earlier one. Well done. (laughs) But what is abiding in the word achieving? Have you ever wondered, what is the outcome of this discipline in our lives? And that's what I want to show you today. And this morning, I'm taking you back to school. No one said, ah, I'm very pleased about that. (laughs) But it's not high school, it's the school of the Holy Spirit. And whether you know it or not, we're all in the school of the Holy Spirit, okay? But this morning I'm taking you back to school and I'm gonna use some visuals just to help us understand what is happening when we're abiding and feeding on the Word of God. So let's go to our text in John Chapter 6, verse 57. This is Jesus speaking. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So Jesus is saying, I'm like bread. You need to feed on me to have eternal life. Let's jump to verse 63. He continues, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So in this text, and here we're going to school, Jesus is giving us a subject, an object, and a verb. A subject is the personal thing being discussed. The object is the target, the focus, what he's wanting to put our attention on. And the verb is a word used to describe an action. And what he gives us here as the subject is his words. As the object, spirit life. And as the verb, he says, feed. So when Jesus is speaking about his words, I want to remind you in John chapter 1, speaking about Jesus, John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word, say it with me. The word was God. God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
So Jesus is telling us his words are his word. Our Holy Bible. Hold up your Holy Bible. If you're online, hold up your Holy Bible. This is not just any ordinary book. That's why it's got the word Holy Bible. Your Bible is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. So when he tells us to feed on his words, he's saying, feed on my person, which is my word, your Bible. Okay? So when we put the subject and the object, what he wants us to focus on, and the verb together, we get this. Feeding on his word gives spirit life. Say it with me. Feeding on his word gives spirit life. This is what is happening when we abide in his word. The posture of our abiding is feeding us with spirit life. So why is this matter of feeding important? Why is Jesus emphasizing it here? Why is he making such a point of it? And if you go and read John chapter 6, you'll see, you'll see he's really driving this home to the people he's speaking to. Why is it important for you and I to remain in the Word and not just visit it from time to time? Not just take it off the shelf and dust it off once a year at Easter or at Christmas. So in answer to these things, the Lord wants us to turn our attention to something this morning to see something this morning, and to understand something. Are you ready? Point one, feeding or abiding is essential to the life of our spirit. And to help you understand what we're talking about, I have a very rudimentary drawing. You may not laugh. I would probably not be chosen to, choose to teach the art class, but... It will help us understand something. I was expecting a clap. <laughs> so this is our outer man. And this is our inner man. For those of you seated over there, outer man, inner man. For those of you seated over there, outer man, inner man. Did everybody see? This is the man Jesus is talking about when he's telling us to feed on his words. You see, this is the part of us that communes with God. It's the part of us that receives from God. It's the center of our dealings with God, our spirit man. And this is the only part of us that lives forever. When he's saying, if you feed on my words, you will live forever, he doesn't mean this. Because we all know this is going to die, right? We've all lost loved ones. Amen? He's speaking about this. This is why we must be born again. It's not difficult to understand when you see it visually. Because until we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, our spirit is dead to God. It does not know God. It does not commune with God, which is why Jesus said you must be born again. He wasn't talking about you and I going back into our mother's wounds when being born. He said 
Your spirit needs to be made alive to God. So the moment we receive Jesus as Savior, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead after he died for our sins, in an instant, whoosh, comes into our spirit and gives our spirit man life and makes it alive to God. That's step one. But after we've made Jesus Lord, lift your hand if you've made Jesus Lord. That's you and me. Everything we do and do not do in relation to God impacts the life of this inner man. In other words, the degree to which we feed on Jesus' words, on the Bible, impacts the functioning of this man. And I want to show you how this morning. You see, God has set a very specific goal for every believer. It doesn't matter who you are, when you came to Jesus, where you are right now in in your relationship with him, but if you have received Jesus Christ as Savior, he has the same goal for each and every one of us. And we find it in Ephesians chapter 4. This is Paul speaking. I'm reading the Amplified. And he's speaking about Jesus. He says, and his gifts to the church were varied. And he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers and representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people. That's you and me. For works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer. That's the goal he has set for each and every one of us. We're to grow into a mature believer. Listen to what he wants us to do reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. That is his goal for me and it is his goal for you. We've got to grow to a fully mature spiritual man. Listen to how the message puts that last verse, verse 13. And the message paraphrase is just a Bible that's taken the translated Bible directly from the Hebrew or Greek and paraphrased it into modern language that we can understand. And this is what it says. Until we're all fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive with Christ. That's the goal he set for you and I. That from the day we get born again and we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, we grow until we become spiritual mature adults. You see, like a human goes through different stages of development and growth. I was born as a baby, but I'm not a baby anymore. I grew from a baby to a toddler, to a child, to a teen, to an adolescent, to an adult. There's different stages of development and growth that we have to go through in our human body, the outer man. 
so too our spirit man, this inner man, from the moment we come to Christ, has different stages of development it must go through until it reaches mature adulthood. For example, when we first get saved and we're born again and we meet Jesus for the first time, we like babes in Christ, the Bible says. Everything's brand new to us. We just start learning about God and his will and his ways. But as we stay abiding and feeding on his word, learning about who he is, how he works, what my purpose is, why he wants me to to have life with him, We're supposed to be growing like a baby to a toddler. Our inner man, our inner life is supposed to be increasing. It's supposed to be growing up. Can you see that? To this side, can you see that? The little red man, can you see that that side? He's supposed to be growing. That's the goal. And what Jesus is telling us in this text is that the only way we grow to this place is by feeding on his word. Feeding on his word. This is the journey you and I are called into when we receive the life of Christ in our spirits. And all of us are at different stages of development in the spirit, because we all came to Christ at different times. Just like all of us sitting here this morning are at different stages in our human development. We've got some children here, we've got some teens here, we've got some young adults, people in their midlife, and people a little bit over that. And what Jesus is telling us in his text is, listen, if you're gonna reach the goal that I've set for your spirit man, You have to feed on me the way you depend on food for your physical body. That's why his analogy as bread is such a powerful one for you and I if we will see it and if we will receive it. He's saying, my words are as important to your spirit life as bread is to your physical life. We can't get spirit life by eating a hot dog or a steak. That feeds this life, this body. And I know we're fasting, but... (laughs) We can only get spirit life, he told us, remember John 6? By feeding on his word. He says, my words are spirit life. Secondly, not feeding or abiding has consequences. You see, my outer man could not have grown and developed to this place if I had not fed it consistently and continually from the day I was born. If I had stopped feeding it at any point, it would have stunted my growth, my development. You see, if I stop feeding, even now, 
it leads to all sorts of problems and deficiencies in my body. My body grows weak. My systems begin to malfunction. I get sickly if I stop feeding my outer body. And at worst, I'll stop growing. If we don't feed a baby, it will die. It won't grow to become a toddler. Amen? So, so too, if we stop feeding our spirit man because we are not abiding in his word, our spirit man suffers the same kind of dysfunctions and problems. It grows weak spiritually. It gets sickly. It can't function properly. And at worst, it stops growing completely. And this has devastating consequences, not just for our spiritual life, but also for our life as we live it here on earth. And I want to show you just two of those consequences. Remember Ephesians 4, where Paul told us this is the goal, we're to be growing to mature adults. We read to the end of verse 13. Well, let's read verse 14. Why is he telling us that? And here it is. He says, until we all become a mature believer, so that, everyone say, so that. All right, I've got to go back. So that. Oh, hold on. I've lost a slide here. There we go. So that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for personal profit. Paul says to you and I, this is the goal. You've got to keep growing until you become a mature adult. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to remain spiritually immature. Your spiritual development and growth is going to be arrested. And here's the danger of this. You see, children are vulnerable. They're easily misled. They're easy to take advantage of. They're easy to boss around and bully. They're easy to abuse. They're easy to overpower. Remember in John 16 where Jesus said to us, hey guys, in this world you're going to have loads and loads and loads of trouble. Remember that? So in other words, he's saying you're going to have loads of stormy seas. And Paul tells you and I that if we stay spiritually immature, we are going to be tossed to and fro, to and fro on all those storms of life that we will meet for sure. We will not escape them. So if we don't grow in our inner man, if we don't abide and we don't feed on his word the way we feed our bodies on bread, 
we're in for a very bumpy ride. And God doesn't want this for us. God doesn't want that for any of us, which is why he sent his son. So if this is your current experience, if, you, if life is tossing you to and fro, then the word of the Lord to you this morning is check your abiding habits. Check your feeding habits. Check the condition of your inner man. Is it a child? Is it vulnerable to being bullied? The other consequence is we are called to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. We're not just saved because it's, eh, you know, I get to go to heaven. No, no, no. There's a reason he's called us to rule and reign with him while we're on the earth. But look here. Revelation verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. Speaking about Jesus, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood, whose blood? Jesus' blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall say it with me, Reign. Where? On earth. earth. Here's the thing. Babies can't reign. It's adorable. Oh my word, it's so cute. With its little crown and robe. But it has no power. It has no authority. It depends entirely upon others for its survival. It's no threat, it's helpless. It can only go where you as a mother or father put it. It has no legs, it has no will that it can freely exercise and use. A spiritual baby cannot drive out the forces of darkness. A spiritual baby is beautiful But it cannot have dominion. It cannot wage war. It cannot overcome obstacles. And who will listen to this baby? Who will follow its instructions and its directions? That's why we must grow to become mature adults. If we don't, we can't rule and reign. You see, the first step being born again and receiving the life of God in our inner man is not the end. It's the means to the end. That puts us in the starting line. That's how we get off the blocks. But we have got to go through a process where we we spiritually grow and develop until we become a mature man. Only then can we rule and reign. Only then can we have dominion. Quickly get this picture in your mind. If all of us sitting here that are believers are babies with beautiful crowns and robes, how will we take the city? 
more, how will we rule and reign over our personal circumstances and situations? Our personal lives. How will we get victory? How will we overcome? All those stormy seas, Jesus said, they're going to be there and there are many. Erase that picture. Now imagine all of us sitting here are fully mature adults. Now the city's ours. Amen? There's a great deal at stake if you and I do not grow up and reach the goal God has set for each one of us spiritually. A very great deal at stake. Can you see it this morning? You see, he's called the church to come to spiritual maturity. Who is the church? Every believer. Every believer is the church, the living church of Jesus Christ. In contrast, I want to compare the spiritually mature man. Who are they? How are they living this life? Matthew 7 says, they are like those who hear the words of Jesus and do them, and they build their house on a rock. And the storms come, yes, because the storms hit all of our lives. We cannot escape them while we live on this earth with all the consequences of sin that abound around us. But it says, the winds came, the floods came, the waves came, and the house was standing. The house doesn't toss to and fro and crumble. He says that they are, they are the ones who are like the guys in the parable of the ten miners, Jesus told in Luke 19, who take what God gives them, they use it and multiply it as they feed on the word, and God says to them, you rule over ten cities for me. He says to every nation, Rosebank, you rule over Johannesburg for me. And when you're done doing that, then you go rule over Cape Town. And when you're done doing that, you rule over this region. And he says, they are those who discern between good and evil. They're not easily misled or swayed. They can't be taken advantage of. They're not vulnerable. You can't bully them. Look at Hebrews 5 verse 12. For though by this time, that might be a word for some of us sitting here. The Lord is saying to us, for though by this time, you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. Notice the emphasis on the word. When we are unskilled in the word, we are unskilled in the ways of God. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You see, this is what our inner man is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be fit, strong, exercising regularly, building spiritual muscle and strength. These guys are not being tossed to and fro 
No one's bullying them around. You see, when we grow up and we become mature in our spirit, man, we are like David. When we see a giant, when we meet a giant that defies the truth of the living God, we slay it. We cut off its head with five little pebbles from a stream. That's the power of God. You see, the difference between a child and an adult is very simple. We are either being overcome or we are overcoming. That's how you know what the condition of your spirit man is right now. You are either being overcome by life or you are overcoming it. Which would you prefer? I know what I would prefer. You see, there was a time when I was a spiritual child and life was tossing me left, right, and center. But praise God, he helped me continue to go on with him. And I came to a place, it's a point in your spiritual development where bang, You stand. And Paul says, and having done all to stand, you stand against the wiles of the devil. And my house is standing, praise God. So what's the struggle? Why is this not so easy for us to do? Why do we struggle with, with abiding in the word, with feeding on his words? It's a tale of two wars. The first one is an internal war. There's a continual war going on between this man and this man. One is the flesh and one is our spirit man. Look what Paul says, Romans 7. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I delight in the law of God, where? In my inner being, but I see in my other members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Paul's saying, listen, there's a war going on in me. He's saying to, to us this morning, I know there's a war going on in you. Your flesh doesn't want the things of God. Your spirit man does. Your spirit man is yearning and longing for the things of God. Your flesh, not interested. He says, you're going to have this war which is why you need to keep feeding on the words of God so that your inner man can win the war. Because if your inner man is still a baby or a child, who's winning the war? Your adult flesh. The other war is an external war. 
You see, we have a very real enemy. His name is Satan. The Bible calls him Satan, the devil. He is the enemy of God. And the day you and I took step one and came to Christ, he became our enemy too. He withstands and resists, resists everything that is of God, which includes you and me. And more than anything, and at all and every cost, he does not want you to grow spiritually, to become a spiritually mature adult. And he will throw all of hell at your life to make sure that you are too distracted to keep going on with God to the goal he has set for your spiritual life. You know why? Because he couldn't care less if we get born again. As long as we stay babies, as long as we stay children, he will have a field day with our lives if we stay babies and children. But if you and I grow up into adults, having done all to stand, I stand therefore. And he will use many things. He will use lies to say, hey, you just have to be born again. That's the ticket right there. Now you spend eternity with God. You sorted. He will use deceptions and say, oh, there's grace, brother and sister. We're in the dispensation of grace. Yeah, you don't have to go and do all that. Feeding on the word. Oh, no, it's very hard. It's grace. And there is grace. But if grace is keeping you and I from growing and developing spiritually to the goal God has set for our spiritual lives, then we've misunderstood the principle of grace. Adversity. God did this to you is one of his favorite lives. I mean, God's all-powerful. You're one of his children. And look at this big tragic event that happened in your life. God is to blame. Blame him. Be offended. Don't keep feeding whatever you do. Another one is religion. Oh, just keep running after signs and miracles and wonders and the feelings. Don't worry about growing spiritually. What is the Lord saying to us today? He wants us to turn our attention to our inner man, the life of our inner man, the importance of this life. It's easy to neglect because we don't see it. But this morning, he wants you to see it. He wants us to understand the goal for our spirit man. And that is to grow until we get to this place. Because when our spirit man is fully developed and mature, now our inner life governs our outer life. Not the other way around. 
Now our inner life says, we're going to church. And the flesh says, okay. Now the inner man says, we are fasting for 21 days. And the flesh says, okay, I'll lose a few kilograms. The inner man says, we're getting up at four to pray. And the flesh says, I'm on board. You see, we can get to a place where our spirit man so governs our lives that it silences the flesh. It silences the cries and the arguments of the flesh, and the flesh gives up. It says, I can't win. Some of us are not realizing victory in our lives, not experiencing breakthrough, answer to prayers, solely because of the condition of our inner man. Won't you stand with me? Beloved, today God is awaking us to the importance of our spiritual growth. Let's heed his voice. Let's not stay spiritually stagnant or motionless. Whatever has happened to come in and arrest your spiritual development and growth, it does not matter. Today, the Lord is giving you an opportunity to say, forgive me, Lord, I'm back on track with you. Let's go. I really want you to hear the voice of God calling you this morning. If you haven't even made step one and Jesus is not your Lord, your spirit man has not been made alive to God, it is dead to God, please hear his call. Come and receive his life. If that's you, put up your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. If that's you, put up your hand. Put it up high so I know that that's what you're wanting. Thank you, brother. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister. Do not leave this morning. Do not leave this place and miss his invitation to receive spirit life. Where you're standing, those who raised their hands, won't you just raise your hands for me? I want to pray with you. And I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. It's a very simple prayer. The rest of you pray it with me. Lord Jesus, I want spirit life. I want my spirit to be made alive to God. I receive you as my Savior. I know you died for me. And I recognize that you are life. And this morning I choose you. In Jesus' name.